Okay, you ready? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Wow, it's a long bio. <laughs> Uh, you don't have to read it all. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read it all. I'm, okay. gonna, I'm gonna, gonna cut it down. I, I know your bio for head anyway. Okay. Right. Let's go for it. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Sound of Crowd podcast. Uh, if this is the first time watching or listening, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels, and this is the show where we speak of top Ghanaian founders, entrepreneurs, and creatives uh, worldwide, with the aim of leaving you behind with meaningful takeaways that you can go away and apply in your life, business, and your career. Um, for today's show notes, I would just like you to know that you can head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Akua NM. That's thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Akua NM. That's A-K-U-A-N for November and M for mother. Yes. Yes. Akua, thank you for coming on the show. Excited to be here. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> uh, it's been an interesting ride um, recording season five in Ghana. What can I say? And it's been great seeing you a few times. I mean, yeah. You have come, of course, we, we, had, we had a catch-up. We had a nice little lunch Yes, it was nice Christmas. to was celebrate. Christmas Eve or just before Christmas, I think. Oh, I don't even remember. I think it was. It wasn't that long ago. But I don't it, think it was Christmas. I think it was, I think it was just before days Christmas or, Day. Yeah. A couple of days before Christmas yeah. Day, we had a nice little catch-up. Yes, and cake. Yeah. Yeah. And then you came in January. Well, it's still January now as we're recording. And then you came down for our um, anniversary. Yes. Yeah, for the anniversary of the podcast. Thank you for coming down. We had the cake. We had a yes, laughs. that was a, yeah, it's a good time. Stay for my speech. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, I'm, you've been around the block for some time. I know you've known each other for quite some time. Yeah. From the podcasters group. And it's mm-hmm. nice to have you in person in a podcast. I know you had the live Q&A. Yes, we did. Focused more on productivity and software and subscriptions and stuff like that. But it's nice just to have you in the flesh and to... Let my audience know who Akua and Yami Mensah is and what she does and what you do and what you've been up to and so on and so forth. So thanks again for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. You're like, you're welcome. So once again, guys, um, not once again, but just so that you guys know, Akua is a, um, she's a coach. She's a, your leadership. Yeah. Executive and leadership coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a facilitator and then I mm-hmm. speak as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that that's like a quick kind of like, you know, insight into what Akua does, but we're going to go deeper into what Akua does. So yeah, so first let's get into it. So um, let's talk about the, actually, before we talk about that. Yeah. I know you've been gardening recently. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. So it's not exactly gardening. I actually live in an apartment. (laughs) So I am a a plant mom is sort of how I describe myself. And so I have some really great um, plants um, that I got and, you know, only two died so far. Only but I will two. say those two. Only two. Only two. Why yeah. are you kidding? Why are you a plant killer? <laughs> <laughs> I am a plant. I will say that the two I got, I was missing. Well, I wasn't misinformed. I informed them that I lived in an apartment. I didn't have much light or sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me, no, I didn't need as much sunlight as it did. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, it got a little moldy because there just wasn't enough sun. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's, so it's that's my fault, but not exactly my fault. I guess I could have planted it somewhere or given it away. But yeah, so I had two two um, lemongrass plants that, that unfortunately passed Ooh. away. Okay. I'm really sorry. I hope the funeral went well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you've got some more seeds lying around so you can continue to- No, no, no. Them. I definitely won't do any more lemongrass. The only other plants I have are more suited towards- indoor yeah. type living yeah so they need light but not as much light as as lemongrass does all right okay yeah. cool well let's let's save the environment let's save the world and more trees and then let's give it the co2 in the world that's, that's fantastic i love it the i am remarkable initiative um i've been seeing it go around whether it's linkedin or other places i know you're involved in that could you tell us more about 
what that is? Yeah. So the hashtag I'm remarkable initiative is actually a Google initiative. Um, so it started internally at Google, but then they quickly realized that a lot of people around the world could really benefit from its contents. So the hashtag I'm remarkable initiative is really about, you know, the skill um, self-promotion. And really the I'm remarkable initiative is really about helping people reflect on their perspective of self-promotion um, you know, their own relationship with self-promotion and if, and if they want to do something about it. Uh, so it's really about recognizing that self-promotion is a key uh, skill. I believe it's a key leadership skill because I work primarily with leaders. Mm -hmm. And it's actually very closely related to practicing self-love in my perspective and mm -hmm. also, you know, thinking about it from the perspective of visibility as well. And in order to be able to show up and be an effective leader, it's really important you know the value that you provide and that yeah. you feel comfortable communicating it in the right context and to the right people. Yeah. And that starts with you being able to communicate it to yourself. And mm. that's why, from my perspective, when I share the hashtag I'm Remarkable content, I always talk about self-love, practicing gratitude, and really just understanding that you know this concept also of self-worth starts internally. Someone can't do that external of you. Someone can't give you their confidence. You have to build that yourself. And so, so practicing self-promotion with yourself, whether it's through journaling, um, writing things down on, you know, post-its and putting it places to remind you, you know, practicing even in the mirror can go a lot further, you know, than, you know, you know sort of what people say, fake it till you make it. You know, if you really want to be able to show up day in and day out and do things, um, grow bigger um, than where you are now, get to the next level, self-promotion is going to be a key skill to be able to do that. It is self-promotion is key. I think some people try to shy away from it because it mm -hmm. sounds like a dirty word, but I think self-promotion, um, once you get into it, you're going to realize it's really, really important, especially if you want to grow a brand, a business, or you just want to get yourself more out there. I think it's really, really key to do self-promotion because if you're not going to do it, who will, who is going to do it for you? That's really it. You have to yeah. be your, your biggest ambassador. Yeah. Honestly, so it's just really about, yeah, reimagining what self-promotion is and then recognizing that we self-promote constantly. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's to convince a partner to go to a specific restaurant, to get your kid to do something, um, to try and convince your mom of X, Y, and Z, we're <laughs> constantly self-promoting and, and trying to, to influence others. It's what we do as humans. It's true. It's true. It's human nature, isn't it? All right, let's, let's, let's keep this conversation going. So um, I know you love LinkedIn and I know you're on LinkedIn and I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn and we'll let you guys know what Akua's LinkedIn link is. We'll put it in the show notes, all right? Um, so um, this is a nice little kind of icebreaker to our main conversation now. Um, so I'm sure you've seen on LinkedIn, there's so many people, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit guilty of this, where we have so many people that have lots of different titles yeah. in the heading to headline. Like I think I saw one with 10 titles. Like I'm a, like they are like a social media promoter, VA assistant slash content creator slash entrepreneur slash speaker slash everything. It's yeah. like, there's so many of them. And this week I just saw so many ridiculous ones. I was like, what's the point? Like just choose one and just drill in on that. What's your thoughts on being so split? Because, um, I know you, I know your kind of, I know one of your, not specialties, but I know one of the things you talk about is being, you know, avoiding burnout and being, you know, being focused in what you're doing and not trying to do too much to burn yourself out. What's your thoughts on people with so many different um, focuses and so many different like job titles, if you will, because they're trying to catch every single rabbit around them rather than just focusing on one specific area? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. I will say, um, you know, as someone who does not just coaching, but also facilitation and speaking, and those are all different modes of supporting others, mm -hmm. and, you know, 
and um, thinking about how to transmit skills or ideas to others as well. Yeah. So I guess so, in some ways you could also say I'm one of those people that has different titles. Um, and I also tend to work with and also consider myself someone who is multi-talented, has lots of different passions, you know, multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to mm -hmm. do different things. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a question of how you set yourself up for success. So for example, one of the things that I think about in my business, even though I do use different methods or modes of supporting others, at the end of the day, it's still all under sort of one umbrella purpose. That, all of it really is yeah. about supporting leaders with where they spend their time and energy so that yeah. they can achieve whatever big goals they have. For most of the people I work with, and even when I think of myself, ultimately it's about wealth, right? It's, you know, whether it's time freedom, which is wealth, um, you know, social uh, connections and relationships, which is also wealth, right? A lot of my work comes through having relationships mm -hmm. um, or financial wealth, right? All of those things, I think the work that I do, the content I produce, the conversations I have, you know, even the, the projects I get to subcontract on, I think all of it's geared towards that. So in my mind, that's why I'm able to stay engaged, I think, and motivated, even as I'm shifting maybe to other things that I do and working on other projects with other organizations and individuals. So I would say, you know, when I see that someone has, you know, the opportunity to sort of share the fact that they have different parts of themselves, I get excited about it because I do think a lot of times we end up in spaces where people say, you know, you can't quote unquote be a generalist. You have to be one thing. You have to focus on one thing. And, you know, while I think there is some wisdom in that, I think all of us as human beings aren't one thing. We all have different parts to ourselves. True, true. And I think just focusing on one thing only would be incredibly yeah. boring. I know it'd be very boring for yeah. me. So um, to answer your question more directly, though, because what I think you're speaking to maybe is a little different from someone maybe who's multi-passionate or multi-hyphenate yeah. or has different talents. Yeah. I think that when we are thinking about putting ourselves out there on a platform like LinkedIn, typically we're trying to do it with some level of intention. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to recognize that you don't have to share all parts of yourself on social media. You can definitely pick and choose what makes the most sense on that particular platform. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're on LinkedIn, maybe to connect and maybe you have a side gig, maybe what you really want to emphasize, even though maybe you do want to show that you do have a full-time sort of job, maybe yeah. you want to emphasize the fact that you do this part-time thing or you have this thing on the side. And so when you're thinking about your copy, when you're thinking about what you put out there on LinkedIn in terms of your headline, that's maybe where you want to focus, especially if you do want it to convert and you want people to have a better understanding of how you show up and what you do. Um, so a quick example, if I think about my headline, right? I don't even start off by talking about what I do. I sort of start off by talking about sort of my vision. You know, I, I have something sort of like, dear leaders, you can like yourself, you know, like what you do and like your life, something along those lines, which is maybe different from what a lot of other people put out there because most people want to say, hey, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a founder, <laughs> which is fine. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but just it's all about what's your intention. And for me, I want people to, you know, when they look at my profile, they I want them to see that, you know, there's an opportunity to do something different here. Mm. It's not just about these titles I give myself, but it's more about, you know, what, what I want people to connect to. And ultimately things are about emotions. And my hope is that if you see that you're like, Oh, that's, that's something maybe I want to do, or you're somehow emotionally attached to it. So I think, yeah, whenever you're putting yourself out there on social media, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, and it is about building wealth or trying to get more resources, just thinking intentionally about the titles you use um, the words you put out there, I think can be very helpful. Mm, absolutely. It definitely can be helpful. I think um, just like what you said, 
putting yourself out there as a coach, a founder, entrepreneur is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, like you said, it's, it's what you're trying to achieve from it. Um, but what I've seen is a lot of people have put out so many different titles where it's like, what do I know which one to approach you for? It's like, it's exactly. Right. So that intent piece might be yeah. a bit confusing. Yeah. Like I'd rather go to a surgeon than just a general doctor. Like, uh, you know, if I need like a heart transplant or something, you understand? So it's one of those things that I've seen going around and I thought it'd be interesting to discuss it with you because I know you love LinkedIn just as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about before in terms of self-promotion, right? I think self-promotion can only be effective if we are intentional, right? We're thinking about the context and then we also are thinking about how we potentially want it to land. And so the intention maybe of showing the fact that somebody maybe has the ability or can do all these different things is maybe they hope that someone will see themselves in one of them, right? Oh, maybe they want one of them. Yeah. But in reality, right, it could be very overwhelming. And so yeah. it could have the opposite effect. Yeah. So a huge part, right, yeah. of, you know, developing that skill of self-promotion is testing things and trying to get feedback as well. So asking people, especially those you want looking at your profile, hey, like, how does this land? Does that make sense? Is it confusing? And that can also give you a lot of clarity and help you sort of cut through what might make the most sense on there as well. Absolutely. It's like I heard like a quote, something along the lines of he that tries to catch all rabbits catches none. He that tries to focus on catching one rabbit catches some, you know, it's a bit like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> all right. So speaking on being, uh, speaking on being split focused, um, let's talk about the importance of trimming the fat, mm -hmm. not just in your career, not just in your business, but also in your life. So I know you talked about recently, like trimming off some of the fat off, so maybe some of your subscriptions, maybe in our personal lives, it's maybe having too many subscriptions, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, et cetera. What do we need to trim off from our lives? Talk us through like some of the key decisions you've had to make, like in your business, what have you had to trim, whether it's maybe, it could be certain things, subscriptions, et cetera. To make your to make your you as an individual in the business run a bit more streamlined, a bit more focused, and have more freedom for yourself. Yeah, I think it actually starts with defining you know what success looks like, and also even maybe defining what freedom looks like, because that's really going to dictate the type of business that you build, the business model that you have. Um, and I think it's so easy for us to sort of look around and be like, oh, that service provider does that, that person you know online does that. And then try and emulate that. And then you realize like, mm, this doesn't really feel that great because ultimately we're all emotional beings. We're actually constantly seeking these sort of, you know, emotional things like that. That's, that's really what it is at the end of the day. And so when I think about what I'm looking for emotionally, it's typically this feeling of satisfaction. And that comes from, you know, having the space to do the things that I love. And it also comes from, you know, feeling really good about being able to connect with people in a way where I don't feel like, I'm getting deflated, right? So I'm constantly seeking opportunities to support people. And at the end of supporting people, I tend to feel more energized. That's how I know it was a good engagement. And those are the types of things that I'm trying to constantly recreate in terms of the things that I do. Mm -hmm. So that probably sounds really kind of meta. So <laughs> let, me, let me break it down, I guess, or yeah. just make it a little bit more tangible. So what that means is, and also because I've been in business for five years, like, so that means I've had the opportunity to experience lots of different things and then come to conclusions about what I want to do more of and what I want to do less of. And so what that looks like in practice is that I've tried to carve out space. And so a lot of being able to trim the fat actually comes from being able to carve out space and actually honor that space and that time that you've carved out in your calendar and your schedule, whatever makes the most sense for you to actually reflect. Um, and this is actually something that I spend a lot of time doing with my clients. Even mm. when I work on, you know, projects within other organizations and larger leadership programs, 
the number one thing that most leaders are looking for is the opportunity actually to be more conscious, the Mm -hmm. opportunity to actually reflect more. That's what's missing from a lot of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's only through being able to reflect where you're going to be able to actually sit down and think through like, oh, how did this actually feel? Did I enjoy doing this task? What about this responsibility, you know, really resonated with me? You know, if I don't want to do this anymore, what do I need to do about it? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's really through creating time and honoring that time where you can reflect on what you want to remove, what you want more of, and what you want less of. There's lots of ideas online on how you can do that. I like to use really simple tools and approaches. So I'll do start, stop, and continue, right? And so I've set aside time for that in my calendar to do that every so often. I also do some additional sort of reflection um, monthly where I think through the things I enjoy doing, things I didn't like doing, lessons I learned, what I'd like to do next, right? So it's really about setting aside time to think about what's happening now, what you would like to do better. And then also, of course, spend some time in the past to think about maybe what could change as well. Um, And so I think that's really the first step, getting really clear on what success looks like. And it's through honoring that time and setting that time aside where you can do that. And then as you start doing that over time, it becomes a lot easier for you to think through, okay, what are some of the things that need to be eliminated or added and for me, one of the biggest things really has been around what I'm doing with my budget. And so when it comes to trimming the fat, one of the things I tried to do last year was set aside time to really reflect on where is my money going and where is my money coming from. And, you know, I've also had the opportunity to be part of, you know, programs where, you know, I got tons of templates. You can find tons of free templates online as well yeah. to help me keep track of that as well. So it's through intentionally identifying that I wanted to really focus on where my money is going and where it's coming from where I was able to trim things in relation to subscriptions. So I like trimmed, I think, yeah, it was probably over $500 or something like that. It's probably even more in relation to how much I'm spending on software because I love trying new software. I've tried a lot of things, (laughs) but I realized that a lot of things I was using was costing money, but not necessarily bringing in any return, especially as relates to my content, because I do like producing content. I do have a podcast, but as it relates to how I actually Mm -hmm. make money, it doesn't actually have the biggest impact on whether or not I get mm. business because most of my business is actually B2B and comes from referrals and relationships in other ways. Definitely my, you know, my podcast and then the content I produce helps to nurture, but not in the same way that maybe some other service providers, you know, get business because maybe their work is a little bit more B2C in terms of how they do things. So every, for everybody, they have different business models. It looks a little bit different. And once again, that should help guide you know, where you spend your time and energy and ultimately where you might trim the fat. Makes sense. So what you're saying is that when you take time to reflect on how you kind of go about your life, your business, your career, everything, um, maybe people did that during Christmas period or maybe during throughout January in 2023 as well in the new year. Um, that then leads to, oh, maybe I need to remove this. Maybe yes. I need to get this. Yes. Maybe I need to but it should it. happen more than just at January, right? It sh- and it also shouldn't happen during your holiday, right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between rest and actually reflecting with intention, right? So this is, this is time that you should probably hopefully have every day to some extent to reflect, right? So it could be, you know, thinking about trimming the fat even day to day, right? Ultimately, it's also a skill, I yeah. think to be able to, to trim the fat, you know, and reflect. And so it could be, you know, reflection on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and of course, also yearly as well. So reflect and trim the fat should be as often as possible. Exactly. Yeah. And then this can help to create a whole lot of opportunities, time, freedom, resources, wealth for yourself. Yes. And then also better relationships as well, because you can be a lot more intentional about why you're connecting with people. And then when you are connecting with people, you can actually be present. And that's where the dots Mm -hmm. start to connect. It's very powerful when you really think about 
And this is why I had to bring you into the podcast on person because I want the audience to take away some of these gems. Like I really want to really dial down, dial in and really hear what you have to say. Awesome. All right, let's, let's continue. So um, I know you're a leadership um, coach. So let's talk about the true meaning of leadership. So um, I think in the modern day, um, we have different um, depictions of what leadership is. Um, I want to hear from you what true leadership is and what are modern day leaders getting wrong? Um, are there any past experiences from you working or running startups, companies that you can share with us as well? Yeah, sure. So just a quick clarification. So I'm an executive and leadership coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have definitely written in some places I'm an executive leadership coach, but they're actually two different things. So executive coaching typically is a little bit more focused on management. And so executive coaching, of course, is primarily with executives, but it also could include the business as well, right? So because of my background, I've had the opportunity to, to build, you know, online platforms. And, and it's a business because when I say platform, people are like a website. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a website that hopefully makes money. The one I worked on didn't make much money, but, you know, still had a P&L, still had a budget, you know, still had a team like it's an actual business. And so I support leaders with that component, which is more of that executive coaching piece. It also can include, you know, their career. It can include a lot of different elements. But so there's an executive coaching piece to it. And then there's also the leadership coaching piece. Mm. And so leadership coaching tends to focus more on that people piece. So how to support leaders so they can truly step into that leadership position that typically involves being more strategic right? And then allowing um, their subordinates or their team to really do more of the day-to-day. -day. So how to really step up into that. And that usually is focused on that people piece. Um, so just, just that distinction, because for some people, they're like, what's the difference between the two and, and what do those look like? But to answer your question directly, leadership, I think it starts with leading yourself first. And, and this is really where I start with my clients as well. It really starts with you feeling mentally, physically, emotionally, as well as possible and recognizing that by focusing on yourself, cultivating your awareness, getting more comfortable with engaging with others, and also honoring the expectations that you've set for yourself, how much easier it is to do with others. Um, so for me, leadership starts really within, um, and it starts with you leading yourself first. Okay, so basically you just lead. So your answer to that is basically just um, those that are able to lead themselves first, they tend to be leaders who are successful. Correct, yeah, because they're able to, to create that followership. Uh, one of the things I always share, and I'm sure there's a lot of great quotes that probably say it better than me, but, you know, people do, how's this? People see what you say as well as what you do. And I think that for a lot of uh, leaders, especially ones I've even seen on the content I've had a chance to work with, what they say is very different from what they do. And your employees will see that. Your team will see that. And whether or not they're conscious of it, they probably will not necessarily believe what you say because you act in a different way. And so when it comes to thinking about loyalty, whether or not they're aware of it and conscious of it, they might make decisions in a way where it's going to benefit them and they're not going to be as interested in supporting you because they might see or feel, right, that you aren't consistent or that you won't follow through or that you don't have their best interests at heart because there is that deviation from what you say and what you actually do. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that we talk a lot about in leadership is modeling. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about modeling, right, so sort of you know, behaving in a way that you expect of others. That's not to say that you're going to do everything that your team does, right? If you're in a specific leadership position, that's not to say if you expect your team, you know, to be there till the end of the day or the end of the workday, that doesn't mean you have to be there till the end of the workday in mm -hmm. terms of modeling. But that simply just means that you're consistent with how you communicate expectations, you know, how you provide feedback. And you're also consistent when you are thinking about promoting 
and however you acknowledge and recognize people on your team as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's very, it's a very interesting insight there. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is one leader that pops up into my uh, LinkedIn feed from time to time. And he talks about the importance of like kindness and candor and things like that as a leader. Those kind of values, I think, have really been revolutionary because when you start to kind of really treat each each and every person like a real human being, or even more, more so the golden rule like yourself, um, I think a lot of amazing things happen. I agree. And that's why for me, I think the sort of the second pillar of leadership that I teach and one of the things I always keep in mind when I engage with others or I'm creating content is the importance of simplifying engagement, yeah. right? For so many leaders, they say they don't have the time to engage. And so what that typically means is that they aren't treating people like individuals. And so they're trying to engage with everybody that's a direct report in the same way. Um, and you can't do that if you want to succeed. Ultimately, you do need to treat people like individuals. And that I think is also kindness. And then you also need to get comfortable with having tough conversations. I also think that's kindness. Or, you know, there's a really great, I think, framework for providing feedback or thinking about engagement that's called radical candor, right? Where you're constantly keeping in mind that, hey, like we're trying to drive results, but I'm trying to do this in a way where obviously I care. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for um, sharing your perspective on that. All right, let's talk about Ekua and NM. <laughs> let's talk about what you do. So could you just... To um, share us um, a little bit about services that you that you provide at, at your your company. Yeah, so there's three basic parts to my business. The first part is I have you know a one-on-one -on -one signature service where I'm really sort of focused on working typically with an emerging leader. So typically they're a first-time exec, a first-time founder, and I'm really supporting them so they can go from being tactical to strategic. And what that simply means is you know they're not firefighting, they're not just sort of trying to throw things you know at at the wall and see what sticks. They're not overwhelmed. It's really about them being able to create that space to reflect, to be strategic so that they can not only have a good grasp on what's happening now, today in the present, but they've also had the opportunity to start thinking about what's coming next as well. So that's really the first bit of my business. Okay. The second bit of my business is sort of my workshops, my speaking, and then also the leadership programs that I build. Yeah. And once again, I sort of keep in mind my, my three-step process. So I have content, I have workshops, around supporting leaders with cultivating their self-awareness. One of my favorite pieces of content with that is something I call the importance of introductions, where I teach that you constantly and you always have an opportunity to reintroduce yourself, but it's your role, your job as a leader to introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself, share your preferences, your triggers, um, the things that make you unique, so your quirks. And what's going to happen is you'll typically create an environment of psychological safety where your team will also feel comfortable enough to share their preferences with you. And what will end up happening is that you're able to engage, right? Yeah. You're able to actually, you know, set expectations that everyone can achieve. So mm -hmm. that's really the first pillar once again. And the second bit's around engagement. So typically having conversations around why your employees aren't motivated, how to delegate, um, how to have hard conversations. And then the last bit is around the setting expectations piece. And that's typically around how to actually goal set. So really getting clear on the elements that you have control over, your team has control over, and recognizing that as you're setting goals, whatever you call them, whether they're OKRs, KPIs, whatever, <laughs> right? Ultimately, a lot of times organizations are not focused on the things that they actually can control and actually do a really poor job also of assigning responsibility. So that's sort of the last bit of work that I tend to do with leaders and in terms of the content that I create in the workshops I have that I support them with. Um, so that's really the workshops and speaking. And then the last bit of the work that I do and I find myself doing more and more of it because I actually really enjoy it, even though 
I'm not the one who completely controls it is subcontracting. So I actually will will do and join other company projects. Uh, you know, other leadership consulting companies will you know bring me in to help implement parts of programs, whether that's coaching the facilitation piece or uh, group coaching and speaking. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. So I mean, it's quite a few sides to you. I mean, I'd be spoke about of course earlier, you know, yeah. begin the conversation. But I think all of these sides to you, I think there's like a nice little ecosystem. Like, I think everything goes hand in hand, you know, like your workshops, your coaching, and then maybe your one-on-ones, and then also your your subcontract, your sub your subcontracting. So why that word is always like a tongue twister for me. <laughs> so you're also helping to add value to other companies and other projects that are going on there. Uh, do you feel like the work that you're doing in the subcontracting, there we go again. Do you feel like it kind of helps you to be stronger in the other areas as well? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the initial, the initial thing or the initial reaction I had was actually like, oh, I do that. Right. So I think that when you work for yourself and especially because, you know, the, the field that I'm in, it's quite interesting because I tend to be a little bit on the younger side when it comes to leadership and executive coaches. Mm -hmm. There definitely are a lot more now, especially after uh, the pandemic. But when I first started in 2018, especially because I did my coach training in Nigeria, I was probably about 20 years younger than the majority of leadership and executive coaches um, that, you know, that I was around physically. And then it's even amazing. as I started engaging online, I typically was the youngest person in the room. So it's, it's been really nice to be able to join some of these other projects and sort of see that, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the same impact. I'm getting the same sort of response and results um, in their spaces as well. So I think it was very, um, yeah, I think, I think it was very confidence boosting in a way. Um, but I definitely agree. I think that what I do definitely reinforces itself. My one-on-one coaching definitely informs a lot of the content I create, the workshops I put together and the speaking engagements I have as well. Fantastic. Um, well, earlier on the conversation, you talked about you having a podcast. Um, I think you I think you're about to approach 40 episodes. No, 71. 71. My 71. Is that, is that, I can't say that one. <laughs> the, the 70, the 71 episode. Wow. Congrats. Is coming out 71st. That's First. what it, I don't know. 71st episode. Oh my sorry, God. I think it's my fault. So I've given you the bug. I'm just the bug. I'm really sorry. Yeah. It's coming out on Monday. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Congratulations. Yeah, thank so you. 70 plus episode. That sounds yeah. a lot better. Congratulations. Thank to you. Journey. Thank you. So um, quickly tell us about what the open, is it open, open door conversation? Yes, podcast? that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell so, us about, quickly tell us about the concept behind your podcast. Yeah. So the open door conversations, you know, initially actually started as a challenge. And I would even say my business, almost everything I do, if you listen to even some of my initial podcasts, one of the ways I've approached my life and my business is I think to myself, I can't do that. I won't do that. And then I'm like, I will do it and I will do it well. Right. And so when I think about, you know, the Open Door Conversations podcast, I really just wanted an opportunity, one, to, you know, get better at speaking. I, I will say that's really the, the first thing that, that, that I wanted to do. I thought that it'd be a really great way to sort of challenge myself to speak off the cuff, to get better at interviewing. And it, I think it's just really transformed into something that I just enjoy doing yeah. because it's a really great opportunity for me to also learn as well. When I think about the individuals I've had on my podcast and I had an opportunity to interview, I've just enjoyed it so much. And you could probably tell because I get really excited on the episodes. I love it. I, love I it. get so excited. And so, you know, initially started off as an opportunity, like I said, for me to get better at speaking. I speak very quickly, naturally. So it really forced me to slow down, be a little bit more intentional with mm -hmm. how I speak. 
you know, have the opportunity to connect with people. It's a great opportunity for networking. We talked about how mm-hmm. podcasts are great for that as well. And I think it's just really, I think, grown into this, this library of content that I can also use and share with others as well, especially those that maybe don't have the resources, whether it's time or financial resources to invest in coaching or invest in having some sort of support. Makes sense. Yeah. But all the episodes, yeah, are just really geared towards having conversations about challenges, issues, and topics that affect all of us as leaders, mm-hmm. but we don't always create the time and space for it. And so my hope is that by the end of the conversation, you know, leaders that listen to it have an opportunity to reflect on how they want to show up in relation to that challenge, skill, or opportunity. Awesome. And how do you feel like that's kind of impacted like your clients? And, you know, of course, you've talked about how it's helped your life. How has it made an impact in your clients and, you know, exposing yourself to, you know, a different audience out there? What what kind of uh, positive changes or impacts has your podcast made? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think one, I definitely, I think that I I can, can create a safe space for people to, Mm -hmm. to talk about themselves. And so sometimes you'll hear on my podcast episodes, people say things like, I've never thought of that question. Um, or that's a really great question. Like, Ooh, that was actually really fun. Like I thought I was, I thought I was going to be scared. Um, you might not hear that answer so much because it's typically after recording that people say it. So I'd like to think, you know, it gives people an opportunity to think that, you know, what they have to share and the things that they've done are amazing and that they should share it and that they should take the opportunity to self-promote or to to think about their, their, (laughs) their accomplishments. And so I'd like to think that I give them the platform and stage, um, to do that. Um, and hopefully they're able to do that in other spaces. Um, and yeah, some of my, some of my clients do listen to the podcast. I typically do think my, keep my clients in mind for the podcast episodes. So it's always exciting to hear them once again, reflect on what was shared. I'm not looking to change people's perspectives. You know, the primary modality I use to support others, specifically leaders is coaching. And the idea, we actually don't give advice. I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest, um, or at least the type of coaching I practice. I'm not giving advice. What I'm trying to support people with is building their own frameworks and questions that they can use no matter what situation that they're in. And so my hope is that my podcast gives people the opportunity to pause and reflect on, once again, whatever topic. And so some of my clients that do listen to the podcast say that's something that comes up for them. And to me, that's Mm -hmm. what success looks like. Oh, that's fantastic. I think at the end of the day, it's important for everyone who starts a podcast to understand what success is for them. Some is the money, some is the audience, some is networking, some is maybe a combination of different things. So I think the most important thing is if it's hitting those 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 things, then that's what means the most at the end of the day. So great. Yeah. Sounds good to hear that you podcasters do it fantastic. I love it. I'll keep listening to it. And um let's 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 talk about your twenty twenty three plans. So do you have any plans for this year in particular that you want to yeah. share? That you want to share? Biggest plans. Less is more. Mm. Um I've actually always been pretty good at boundaries. I'm not going to lie. Like I've always been pretty good to be like, no, but this year <laughs> I've, I've really, you know, thought a little bit about where I want to spend my time and energy. And there was a time where I thought that, you know, doing subcontracting or working other people's programs meant that I was failing because I wasn't finding my own business. But what I have found is that I actually really enjoy not having to manage the relationship of working with some of these bigger companies. And also I get access to amazing clients I wouldn't normally get. I wouldn't have access to them by myself. So definitely doing more subcontracting work, putting myself out there in that way. Um, and yeah, it's really been exciting to sort of see the types of you know brands and organizations that I've had the opportunity to work with through being open to that. Um, 
And so I think that's that's number one. Definitely continuing some of the subcontracting and Fantastic. and um, yeah yeah because like I said initially I sort of had one story I told myself about it and I think I've really done a a three sixty or is it a one eighty on that <laughs> and I'm I'm happy with it. I actually I actually really enjoy it. Um, I mean when it when you are thinking about subcontracting though you typically do make less money than if you went out and got the business yourself. But sure. you know for me what's most important is that I'm working with people where at the end of the day I feel energized and I do get that from a lot of these projects I've had the opportunity to work on. There hasn't been a time where I've thought to myself, like, this is a drag. I've always been so excited afterwards. So for me, that's that's definitely that definitely means I'm in the right direction and I'm working with the right partners. Um, and if anything, right, I interviewed them as much as they interviewed me, right? It's, it's very much a, a sort of a two-way thing. Of course, yeah. So probably more of that this year. Um, what else? Big plans. Um, yeah, this year with my podcast, I really want to go all out. So that means that it might not be a weekly cadence. So previously I did almost, you know, I did weekly for the most part and then mm -hmm. I would take breaks here and there. Yeah. So I'm still trying to decide what I want to do, even though I am releasing the first episode. It's not really an episode. It's a mini episode. On Monday, I haven't really decided if I want to do it weekly if, or if it's going to be bi-weekly, but I definitely yeah. do want to increase the quality of what I'm putting out there. It's something I, I mentioned to you. Mm -hmm. And so also just thinking a little bit more intentionally about what I'm putting out there. Because previously it was very much like, go, 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 go. <laughs> Um, so slowing down on that a little bit. And then the last thing is probably community. So one of the things I'm really trying to do and being a bit more intentional about is creating spaces where other people can come and share their perspective. I do that already with the paid work I do. But once again, not everyone necessarily has the resources and I can't work with everybody. <laughs> um, and so now I'm trying to do these weekly LinkedIn audio um, events where i I just invite a lot of people within my network and I, I just them. so happen yeah. to have a ton of other service providers, online business owners um, in my network. And so these are spaces where they can also show their expertise and they can also potentially get access to additional business as well. Fantastic. It's a win-win for everybody with those LinkedIn audio sessions, isn't it? You know, like a little clubhouse thing, you know, people get to network, people yes. get to go on a stage. This yes. is what they call it is a virtual stage. And then also people get to maybe make a little bit of money on the way, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's probably the the three things I'm doing a little bit differently this year. I'm really excited to to, to see how things go for you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to to see you all unravel on LinkedIn and the podcast as well. Yeah, thank all you. Right. So I really enjoyed this conversation, Akua. So to wrap this up, okay, um, I want to talk about the importance of being able to focus on what you can control. So that's creating the best situation for yourself and not focusing on what you left behind or what others have. So as a tip for the listeners or leaders out there, um, what is, what would you say is important for people to focus in terms of what would you advise people in terms of creating the best situation for themselves, you know, um, to not focus on what they left behind, but rather looking forward, if that makes sense. Yeah. I would say, you know, the first thing is intentionally creating space potentially to vent mm -hmm. and to think about the past mm -hmm. and, you know, giving yourself the space to do that, the, um, uh, what's the right permission might even be right one, giving yourself the permission to do it as well, because I think we beat ourselves up a lot as we human do, beings. Yeah. And so giving yourself the permission to vent, if you want to giving yourself the permission to be like, that sucked. I don't <laughs> want that to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's actually very healthy. Yeah. So giving yourself space to do that, making sure that, you know, you've, you've clearly, <laughs> you know, given yourself space to do it, but that you also intentionally are like, okay, now I'm going to move on. And create space to think about what next and how you can do better, right? So also give yourself the opportunity to reflect on the lessons and what you can do differently moving mm -hmm. forward. So I think that's one thing that comes to mind when thinking about how to focus, giving yourself space not to be focused, 
and recognizing that you're not going to be focused all the time and not being so hard on yourself when you Mm -hmm. don't. I think another key thing will really be around cultivating your awareness. And once again, that's like the first step of, of what I teach, cultivating your awareness around what you need in order to be able to show up. For me, um, and this is, you know, if, if you know me personally, this is probably something you'll know about me. Like, I know I need to eat well, I need to sleep well, and I have to move. Like, I am just not a nice person if I'm hungry, right? I'm not, right? And so these are things I know about myself. And so when it comes time to having to do things, especially outside of my house, so like even coming here, I made sure that I had an apple that I ate before I got here. Because mm-hmm. I know that makes me a nicer person. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be as annoyed about things, right? Having to leave my house because I typically am at home. So I think it's also about cultivating your awareness and being, you know, aware of how you've evolved things that have shifted and changed about who you are as well. Whether it's the fact that you need more sleep, right? You might need more accountability in certain areas of your life. You might need to, you know, play tennis more now because there's other things that are going on and you need to have that space to be able to um, vent in a, in a different way or let out your steam in a different way. And so it is also about reminding yourself that you're a human, you're not a robot. And so you need to create those conditions for yourself, especially if you're in a place of privilege or if you're a leader, because you have typically the opportunity, the ability to do that more so than a lot of others. Yeah. That's spot on what you just said. It's like what that, um, Netflix co-founder said the other day, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, I think it's been floating around LinkedIn and some other platforms. I'm the Netflix co-founder. I forgot his surname, but his first name is Mark. And then he talked about how he has a non-negotiable, I think I think every Thursday or every Tuesday, 5 p.m., he goes on a date with his wife. There you go. Things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it really is about those boundaries you need in order to be successful. Yeah. Because ultimately, and this is something I always tell people, like, if, you know, especially if you run your own business, if there's no you, there's no business, mm. right? And if you work within a company, reminding yourself that you're easily replaceable. That's just the reality. They can replace you if you work within a larger organization. And you have a role, um, right, within that organization, they can replace you. So really making sure that you're looking out for yourself, you're looking out for number one, um, and not to be, you know, apologetic about it. Like, you know, (laughs) even what comes to mind is like, um, I think, yeah, I think you posted, I posted something about like my knee and you were like talking about like, you know, having the sort of a shift in like perspective. And so sometimes getting that perspective and investing in yourself is important, right? Some people might say like, wow, like you really like yourself, like even you know, the masseuse, you know, the guy who was giving the massage, the medical massage was telling me, wow, you really like yourself. And I was like, I only get one body. Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> and as some, you know, as someone who's involved in wellness, like you should be encouraging you people to, to create space and investing in their body so that they can it, yeah. walk to work and up and down steps without you feeling pain. It, yeah. Like those are not things that we should, you know, those are not things that we should play around with. Mm-hmm. Like you really should make sure that you're creating space to take care of your body and to take care Absolutely. of your mental and your physical health. So those are the things I think, once again, that will allow you to show up, do things you've never thought you could do before, and also influence others better, Mm. right? If you feel good about yourself, it's a lot easier to connect with others. If you don't feel that great about yourself, and there's a lot of research about this, you don't sleep well, it's a lot easier for you to misinterpret Mm. (laughs) social cues, other people's emotions, um, and and think that people are trying to do things to you and that the world is out to get you, right? (laughs) That tends to happen. When you haven't slept well, you haven't taken care of yourself, you haven't gotten the proper support that you need. Very true. Very, very true. Wow. You always blow me away sometimes in the things that you say. Akura, it's been a fantastic conversation. Where can everyone find you and um, know where to send you some apples? <laughs> I'll play. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search my name. That's typically where I hang out um, and spend the most time. 
Yeah. Okay, great. We'll put everything in the show notes. You link, link to your LinkedIn, your website, and I think that should take care of everything else. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. So there you have it, guys. Akua Nyami Mensa, and she is the, of course, the founder and CEO of Akua Nyami Mensa and Company. And of course, she is a leadership coach, and she is a uh, what else? You are always forget your you, you got you got a little. I, I start off with the coach part, but funny enough, <laughs> I spend more time facilitating and speaking these days. Yeah, but I always do incorporate the the coaching modalities and elements into it. Yeah, that there you go. Leadership coach, speaker, and facilitator. There you have it, guys. So once again, guys, for today's show, let's please head over to thesoundofacquire.com forward slash Akua NM. That's thesoundofacquire.com forward slash Akua NM. That's A-K-U-A-N-M. Um, please do like us on YouTube. If you're watching on the listing on Spotify or Apple podcast platforms, a five-star review is very much appreciated. We'll have all of the links, nuggets, and references from today's episode in the show notes. And there you have it, guys. That's today's episode. Thank you again for listening or watching, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much.